It's the Get Off My Lawn podcast for the week of December 27, 2015. On tonight's program, we'll hear songwriter, musician, composer of our theme song, Brian Weideman, say, I'm not a performer at heart, so the actual playing my songs for other people is kind of boring, and it's, it's not something I, I relish in. This podcast is sponsored by Kevin's Bookmobile. Check out www.lulu.com forward slash Marusik for a selection of books authored by your genial host. Buy a paperback or download an ebook and help support the podcast. That's www.lulu.com slash M-A-R-O-U-S-E-K. And by our tip jar. Like what you've been hearing on the show so far? Want to hear more? Then help us out by going to getoffmylawnpod.blogspot.com, clicking on the tip jar, and donating to the cause of creativity. No amount too large, no amount too small. That's getoffmylawnpod.blogspot.com. I'm your announcer, Craig, and here's your genial host, Kevin. I got my cams on. Yeah. I'm wearing cams. I is a professional broadcaster, yo. You is. I is, and that's how we're, we're transitioning from Craig's mighty announcement of the show to the show. Hello, and welcome once again to another thrilling Get Off My Lawn podcast. I am Kevin, sitting alongside our intrepid... Uh, see, I'm the genial host. We need an adjective to describe you. I'm just the announcer, man. You're the announcer? I'm the announcer. He's the announcer. That sounds like a, like a Bond villain. Yeah. He's the announcer. That's right. He will do I, do I have a cool you. car? I, I need to have a cool car. I assume, and I also assume it will explode shortly after engaging with uh, and, the Secret uh, Service. You know, of course it, it needs to be. Well, it can't be a Jaguar in a Bond film. No, no. Because he gets to have the Jag. He would have to, yeah. Or Aston Martin, I suppose, would be the other. No, DB5. Yeah, that's true. Whatever. Wasn't the DB5 the original? Yes. Yes. Now we're going back into See, we're going to talk car talk again. Here's what we need to do, Craig. We've done the car show. Yes. The Peterson Automotive Museum just opened up. Oh, yeah. Reopened. Closed for, was it, two years. And it is open, and I've seen pictures, and I want to go. I have to admit, as a car guy who's lived here my whole life, And has never much, been. I have never been to See, that museum. I went to it, I think it was about six months before it shut down for <laughs> renovation. And it was good then. But everything, I, but I, and again, I didn't do the parking lot tour, which, well, whatever they call it, the garage. That's where they keep all of the stuff that isn't on, on like full cool display. Because yeah. you know, the, they, they've got something like seven hundred cars. Oh man, something like that. And so they have a couple hundred of them on display at any given time. But they've got a lot of them that they keep, as they say, in storage or however it is they describe it. But that's a separate thing you can do is go down and see all of those other cars. That would be cool. They got some flack last year. I, my voice just went really high. I get, I get, I get. You, you get really excited. I, I, you know, when, when I talk about the exciting things, I like to emphasize it. I'm like a cheerleader. <laughs> but I, <laughs> that's uh, what, what were we talking about? <laughs> oh, yeah, they, they the, were going to get the sued. garage they, tour. They, 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 were, they didn't get sued, but they they auctioned off some of their collection to help fund the renovation, and just because they like to cycle. Different vehicles and things, and there was some controversy about that. And I didn't understand the controversy because if you look at any museum, if it's a museum of paintings, a museum of sculptures, there's only, there's only so many walls to display, right? And a lot of times, stuff that's donated, just as it is with the Peterson, doesn't fit or doesn't fit the the theme. You know, Peterson is generally they try to keep sort of a California theme to their exhibits. They've got a lot of stuff. They have some early cars from the turn of last century built in Pomona, my hometown. Wow, which are kind of fun to see. Well, they were there. They may not be there anymore. Maybe Pomona is no longer. 
cool enough for the Peterson since they remodeled. I don't know. Well, let's go find out. Yeah, so that we need to hit, hit the Peterson. It's a, yeah, and then we can review it or do it live again like we did with the LA Auto Show. I liked the LA Auto Show show. Again, it was a little different. It was. But I, it was fun to do, and I, I think it turned out well. I, I haven't heard anybody dislike, diss it, or, you know, is that what the cool kids say, diss? I don't think so. No? What, no. Do, they say, what do they say now? I don't know. You have kids. I, I have a kid that can... Conform sentences? Can partake in that particular conversation. Uh, well, your mission is to find out I'll what, what to, he doesn't like I'll and get back how, to you he, on that. how he would word it. I'll get back to you on that one. But... Yeah, but, but I didn't hear anybody say anything, but it was different. It was. We didn't have a guest. Today we have a guest. Awesome. But we didn't have to go far for the guest. In fact, you already heard the guest because he played our opening theme. Yes. So we promised this back on the first podcast that our, the guy that wrote and composed and performed our theme, Brian Weideman, was putting out a new album, and that new album has been released. Huzzah. Huzzah. And so I wanted to... Well, he's a friend. I wanted to help promote his stuff, but also have just a good conversation about music with a musician. And actually, we have something kind of cool. He performs for us. Not just our theme, but he performs one of his one of the tracks from, from his new album and an earlier track, one that was a favorite of mine. And we'll get into that during, during the show as well. And like I said, it, it was a fun experience sitting down. It's interesting when I chat with people that I don't know, and it's interesting for me... Was that was that a bear? Or being hunted? Seriously, what was that? Was that hmm. We might have a th- third party in this. For law enforcement podcast. officials who find this recording, yes. <laughs> assuming you can navigate GarageBand, which is a pain on the iPad, and you hear this now, we don't know what that was. <laughs> <laughs> it was very strange. But but t- tell my mom I loved her. And <laughs> let's let's say that. Backpack Studios doesn't mean to imply that we go hiking before we record. No, no, we're not in well, the middle heard of the some woods. Sort of animal yeah, sound just a this, moment ago. It's it's the Blair it's, Podcast Project. <laughs> Sasquatch. I'm so scared. <laughs> Craig's holding me now. I am. It's a gentle cuddle. Well, you know, it's nice. It's it's it's. It, I understand why your wife likes. So back to Brian. Brian is uh, is 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 a is a character for a couple of reasons. Number one, he's one of the few musicians I know who isn't necessarily interested in having you hear his music. I don't really that's know how true. else to describe it other than that. But we talk about that dur- during his show. Is that's really not what motivates him as an artist that you actually like or listen to what he does. He's he's doing it for himself. He's in it to know. For, for for his own sort of I don't edification. He's got it. It's he's an artist. It's yeah, gotta, he must create. Gotta, it's got to come out. And and so we're going to talk a little bit about that because to me it's 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 a different perspective than what I'm used to in 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 a musician or in a performer of any kind. As most performers I encounter, in a sense myself, I'm not really a performer. I prefer to be more behind the scenes, but I prefer to be behind the scenes of stuff that is released that people get to experience and can react to. So, you know, it was a good conversation. It was a fun conversation. We went to uh, well. I, you know, I joked a couple of uh, weeks ago, I, w- I was, you know, dog-sitting for Craig, and it's possible I made some slightly offensive comments to cats. <laughs> so I hung out with Brian and some cats. <laughs> I won't say the cats took umbrage or that they understood, but I think they sensed it. 
Craig, you're beeping. I know. I'm sorry. Bits of your technology are spilling out into the podcast. We're going to make sure that doesn't happen. Oh, please. It's fine. We're a professional operation here. <laughs> I'll stop playing the triangle. I, I wanted to be in Brian's band. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on the glockenspiel. Come on. Your German roots. Give it up. Yeah, give it up. That's an obscure reference, the glockenspiel. Quickly, spell that. Try it with a Q. That's all I got. So enjoy, please, if you will, from not not a house with a dog, but a place with cats and, as Brian described it, a gopher. So here is Brian Weideman, Brian Maxian, the man, the myth, the legend, the musician, the the force of, of nature. The, how was that for a buildup? The killer guitarist. The killer guitarist, keyboardist. Yeah. Just audio engineer, savant. Take it away, Brian. And and me. And the gopher. I'm sitting, where the hell am I sitting? Is this Santa Ana, technically? Yes. We are in Santa Ana, and you are, the, the other voice you just heard saying yes is the voice behind, well, I don't know, your voice isn't really responsible for the theme song, but bits of you are responsible for our theme song. So, Brian Weideman, I'm in his, can I say his house? His house. Faux shizzle? I, you're, you're in my, my hizzle. <laughs> We're already off the rails. Okay, that's fine, that's fair. Audrey's here, too. Say hi, Audrey. Hi. Uh, she's sort of our studio audience. Her and the cats. Are the cats around? She... They're in the bedroom. Okay, they're in the bedroom. We have I... three cats and a gopher. There's a... Oh, you're the... you, you fetch us the water. <laughs> <laughs> or the beer. Come on, dig yourself out. <laughs> I'll dig out later. Okay, whoa. <laughs> we are here in Studio Wideman. Yes. Do you have another nickname for your studios? Uh, World Bright Studios. World Bright Productions. Studios. It's where I produce everything I, yes. I do. Just to paint a word picture, everywhere you look, there's something musical, unless you're looking at me. <laughs> there's guitars, there's CDs, there's amps, there's keyboards, there's vintage speakers, oh, and there's a little cat house thing, cat, cat place, tree. place set. It's, it's, a, it's central for the acoustics. Uh, <laughs> it, it absorbs just enough in that corner. Right. <laughs> So I promise Brian, and I promise the listeners who, who have enjoyed the theme song, at least I hope they've enjoyed the theme song, that once his album was finished, I would chat with him. I'm chatting with him. Congratulations on finishing the album. Thank you. It's been a long time coming. <laughs> well, yeah, for, for uh, again, for those not following along at home, what was the actual start date of the album when you first said to the world, I'm going to do another album? Well, there was never any start date for this particular album. It's kind of an ongoing process. Since I started recording back in, I don't know, out of high school, I was doing reel-to-reel. -reel you didn't start this album in high school. No, no. <laughs> but since then, my process has been just new stuff so often. This podcast brought to you by Amtrak. Yeah. All aboard Amtrak. I think it's the Metrolink. Oh, Metrolink. Yeah. No, the conception for this album in its earliest stages were probably scattered throughout the early 2000s, but as a it started to come together back in 2007 when my previous album was wrapping up every all the things I'm doing kind of overlap and so this one uh, was going to be a 2008 album and I took a brief hiatus and uh, kind of picked up uh, where I left off uh, last summer I just said you know what all these things that haven't been finished yet I'm just gonna finish them finally and put out this album as I had originally envisioned it 
So eight, nine years, I think, is the, <laughs> is, is the, the gestation of How this. closely did the finished product match the vision? Um, probably pretty close. I, I say probably. <laughs> he says that with such confidence. I say probably because when you start a project, you, well, for me, I, I have an, an idea of where I want to go with it or what's going to sound like what, but I know, having done it so many times, that what it ends up being, I couldn't have fathomed it from the beginning. So there's always a por portion of it that I leave for kind of the willy-nilly creative process going awry. Along the, the way, and Nilly get a song credit, or are they? Um, no. Okay. They, they. I, I think. I, I think Nilly played drums. I heard Nilly was lip syncing the whole time. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> there are there are exactly three places where I accept puns in my universe. <laughs> by the way, one of them is Rolf, or not Rolf, Fozzie Bear from the Muppets. <laughs> then we've got uh, the Jungle Cruise at Disneyland, and then mm -hmm. we have your albums that seem to occasionally. Delight in, I, in pun uh, usage. The, yes. Those are literally the only three places in my world where I accept a pun. Well, knowing how much you despise puns in general, Love I take I, that's, that's quite a compliment. Thank you. Um, I don't rely on on just puns. I think no, I didn't say you just no. No, <laughs> now, what, what I do with the lyrics is I just try to extend metaphors. I stream of consciousness words that apply to other words, uh, words that can refer to two other things simultaneously, puns definitely come into that as a tool to use. So yeah, my lyrics are very, very dense and, and puns show up. And if you allow them, <laughs> if you allow puns in my lyrics, then, then thank you. That means I've done my job. You've done your job. You succeeded in that. Mm -hmm. what, how many official albums? Is this seven? <sighs> this is ten, ten. As, as I count it. Okay. Um, the first few albums were not official because the, the, my process I this one technically isn't even official because it's all just I record it on my own independently no backing no real the professional skill behind it um, but from the beginning they got better and better as I refined my own techniques and learned how to do one it one would hope so um, <laughs> I, I, I think my first album that I would say is the first album album was probably the one that on my website, I refer to as the fourth album. <laughs> the first there'll be a chart later. We'll yeah, it up. well, <laughs> yeah, I, I have to chart it out as as it is. Um, the first album was just okay. Here's a bunch of recordings I did, and I kind of just put it up on uh, MP3.com back when that was an actual site. It's still a website, but it's not the same thing no. as it was. It's just the the name. But back then, you could upload your tracks. Um, people could find it listen to it and you can advertise it and there were forums and you could meet new people and then you had the option to sell them on CD like a, a press to order kind of a situation where people said oh I like this I'll buy the CD and then mp3.com as the company would print it and, and ship it out to whoever bought it and then I'd get a royalty from that um, I don't think anyone other than my dad ever actually bought any of them but the first album that I called <laughs> sounds, the, sounds like me and my sponsors for the <laughs> podcast <laughs> This week it's brought to you by my dad's generosity. <laughs> but no, that, that first album where I uploaded stuff and it, I collected it and gave it a, a cover and kind of called it something, um, that was I Still Haven't Walked was the title I gave to it. And that was back in the mp3.com days. Um, and then since then, every year or so, I kept recording new songs. And um, I think my fourth album 
long hair phase was the first time I sat down and just said, I want to conceive this whole album kind of as, not a concept album as an idea, but just, I, I have a bunch of songs, I'm going to write new songs to kind of complement those, I'm going to sequence the tracking of them to kind of fit as an album experience, and then when it's all done, here you go. And when that one was done, uh, mp3.com was still up, and I put it up there, and I don't think anyone bought it then either. But that's when I started to fall in love with the process of having full control over beginning to end making an album. And so, if that one was my fourth one, then the new one that just dropped was number 10. Okay. I was told there would be no math, and then I asked a math-related question. No one but myself to blame. <laughs> no one has to chart the math. It's just, for the last 15 years I've been recording music, and this is the 10th collection of stuff. There you go. You don't give a flaming patoot about the music industry itself, do you? Um, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but if, if you had to choose between letting Audrey here listen to your music and releasing it, <laughs> my guess would be you'd be perfectly content to just sit and play to Audrey. Uh, by play, you mean put the album on and, and, and yeah. push play? Yeah. Um, I, w I would like it if more people heard it. Um, to, to say that I don't give a patootie about the music industry. <laughs> that, um, well, it's not in any way what drives you to create the music. No, because I've never been part of that industry. And so I don't think about it one way or the other. I've witnessed over the past, I don't know, decade, whatever, the musicians who are in it like either bad-mouthing it or just witnessing the decline of it in some way because the whole business model of it is changing. That's clear to everybody. Um, Except Adele. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you know, she wants to not stream her music. That's fine. That's her choice. Oh, well. She's allowed to do that. She yeah, made, still broke records with the album sales, so I'm certainly in no position to judge. But Well, whether you ha want to release it digitally or only physically or streaming or all this, that's, a lot of people are still trying to figure that out because the direction it's going is changing, but no one really knows where it's going to land, if it's ever going to land. Well, I, yeah, in my opinion, it's going to constantly evolve. It always has. Yeah. You know, look at how music started, you know, as first as an industry a hundred years ago as mm -hmm. they were, you know, putting out records and back then the names were the band leaders and the right. songwriters. Those mm -hmm. were the known talents in those days, you know, the Count Basie Orchestra, Duke Ellington, yeah. you know, and the, that sort of transit, because the people, the performers, weren't the stars, because they didn't have that level of notoriety yet. Right. It was just, look what we can do, here's a thing, uh -huh. <laughs> go and get a thing. And then it sort of has transitioned from records, and then, you know, radio, basically radio in cars mm -hmm. made pop music popular yeah. for kids. It, you know, became something that teens could access. Because, yeah. you know, the, the the Happy Days era, for lack of a better term, yeah. and people in, you know, in the 50s drove around in their big fin vehicles with big stereos and whatever else. That was the first time that really teens went, oh, and the music industry went, we can exploit this. Yeah, all those teenagers, <laughs> you borrow in your parents' car and it has, yep. a, it has a knob on it. Yep. You turn it on and we can feed you stuff. And just those simple little milestones along the way, and now, yeah, mm -hmm. we're in this, whatever you want to call it, digital age, and... The rumors are that the next generation iPhone won't have a headphone jack. I've heard that, that. That the new ones coming out won't even have that because they figure whatever you have will be Bluetooth capable or whatever mm. their proprietary wireless speaker headphone system will be. Mm -hmm. <laughs> something something that will make Apple a lot of money, I'm sure. But, you know, it's going to constantly change. 
and I see people, I see artists I don't like willing to roll with the changes, and I see artists mm -hmm. I do like who aren't. You know, mm -hmm. I like Adele's voice. I think, you know, her James Bond theme was better <laughs> than the most recent James Bond theme. Mm -hmm. I can't stand Lady Gaga's voice. I don't think she has any talent. I don't think she has any class. I do think she's one of the best purveyors of the music industry that we've seen since Madonna and Michael Jackson. Mm -hmm. I think she's able to take the industry and go, fuck it, let's give it a try. <laughs> yeah, she, she somehow got the clout and, and like, I'm going to do this, and everyone eats it up. And right. Whether it comes from just knowing how to manipulate the, the industry or the, the fan base. But you, generally speaking, don't even have any interest in like performing at a club. Or, well, you know, yeah, that's, that's my thing. is uh, I'm not a performer at heart. Um, I'm definitely a behind-the-scenes guy. I just happen to like composition and, and music, and I, I, I'm, I, I could be uh, an intern in a music studio. I, I, I would want to be the, the engineer. But I, I've never done that. All I've done is collect the gear and the knowledge over the years. I went to college for music composition way back when and kind of took what I learned from theory and working with stuff. You actually equipment. applied theory? Uh, I apply theory. You're the, you're the one? I'm, I think everybody does on some level, even if they're not aware. Because, well, that's very optimistic of you. Well... The, the rudiments of music theory are still there, even in the lowest of the low pop music, because there's some degree to which a Western ear still wants to hear certain progressions and, and certain things. Um, and I have an appreciation for all that stuff, and I want to take it somewhere. And So when I write and, I, and compose, I, I implement... It's not, it's not so much I, I'm consciously saying I'm going to put this chord here and, and, and implements particular things of theory just since because I've studied it there's a part of my brain that just kind of it makes sense to and so my instincts when I write kind of go there but if I have a chance to throw in a an augmented sixth chord or something <laughs> fancy just because it sounds really cool I know how to do that thing that sounds really cool um, whether or not listeners know what it what it actually is called it doesn't matter yeah that's back when, in, in my nefarious youth of a couple years ago, when I was teaching at the Lovely Film School and teaching the very, very basics of audio production, I would always mm -hmm. say to them, you know, talk about, well, I would actually introduce math and science into the class, which always made them fall backwards and, uh -huh. you know, weep <laughs> openly at me and throw heavy objects at my head, which is, I'm used to that. But I would talk about, you know, there is, there, there is an actual technical response when you hear the phrase, oh, that's an off note. Or, mm -hmm. you know, something that is harmonious, meaning, you know, you can put two different sounds together mm -hmm. and they work. And I said, if you understand the science and the math of it, you don't need to, there's no trial and error. You'll know in the process, right. this will work, this will not, it may not sell, but you'll know, you know, you'll <laughs> yeah. know Well, that's the, that's the strength of what music theory was in, in the beginning. Music theory was never, the study of it was never um, like classical composers going... I'm going to look at the circle of fifths and I'm going to reference this. Music theory came as a way to describe what those composers were doing. Yeah. Intuitively, um, Mozart and, and Bach, they just had this understanding of how the notes on the instrument did what they did. And then historians or theorists said, okay, why does that sound, why do these two things sound similar? Why do they work? Why does it make me want to why does it make me feel what I feel? And so they came up with these rules that kind of described it. 
and so basically applying math and, and those kind of studies to the art that already existed. Yeah, that is what I would tell the students. I said, do you need math and science in order to be a successful person in the industry? No. Will it no. help you in many, many aspects of it? <laughs> Yes, <laughs> it, 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 it provides a lot of shortcuts that yeah you otherwise would stumble through. I did beg you, I don't know the beg is the right word, but I did strong arm you, cajole you, impress upon you that I would like to attempt to have you play, well first one of your newer songs live, Yes. and then to go back to the vault for a song. Are you prepared yes. to do one of those at this time, and um, which would you prefer to start I, I with? Could, I could fudge through some of them. <laughs> uh, well, calling back to what, what I was talking about earlier, I'm, I'm not a performer at heart, so the actual playing my songs for other people is kind of boring, and it's, it's not something I, I relish in. Putting the stuff on tape, that's great, because it's... See, I know what I sound like playing my guitar and singing. When I record to, like, layer and, and build stuff that I can't normally hear all by myself. But... Because I'm kind of, I've been doing this for long enough, I think I sound good enough to other people because they keep asking me to actually play for them. I could just be drunk. You could be, yeah. Well, <laughs> but to, to answer your, the question, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat prepared to, to play through. Okay, well, what, what are we starting with? What is the first song we are going to attempt to hear today? Uh, I'll start with track two off my new album. Ooh, you're picking the one I like the best. I figured, and it's one of the only ones I can actually get through, and that is performable on a single guitar. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Well, we are going to pause while we, whilst we adjust our accoutrements here and, and do a little setup for that, so ignore any non-talking, because it'll all be edited out anyway, but there we go. <laughs> all right. Take one. <laughs> uh, Hello, Cleveland. Hello, Cleveland. This is going to be very rough, or maybe it'll be awesome. I don't know. I'm not well rehearsed. How does it start? So many years I was single and searching and so seduced by your smiles Drank many beers I was flirting and falling and following you down the aisle Someone used more tact than I But you'd remember the fact that I was obsessed I was lovesick, willing, able And courting you put me through trials I was devout I was leaving you love notes You took them, but not with the hints I asked you out You were dodging, excusing, and using me Teasing, but since you deftly played The just friend's card A hefty bet you busted barred By the odds, now another princess Charming has won this jackpot I'm her prince Ever after happily I would be with my cares behind But then you caught up to your senses And changed your mind You don't get to like me Unfair, unbalanced, to put it lightly You don't get to like me My heart sings out with someone new And so you change your tune You've got the gall I just don't get you at all No justice in this world Anyhow You don't get to like me now
around And you're cute and you're sweet and you have not changed one bit Except you found that I'm cute and I'm sweet and that I'm just so perfect But shit, they say the timing's everything I'll take the nickel for every fling with the girls Too slow on uptake, stopped on dimes Whom I surpassed too quick on wit Ever after happily I've found the girl I finally kissed Ignoring all the other superficials Seeing what they missed They don't get to like me Unfair, unbalanced, to put it lightly They don't get to like me My heart sings out with someone true And then they change their tune They've got the gall, and I just won't get them at all. No justice in this world, anyhow. They don't get to like me now. 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 Thank you, Cleveland. <laughs> and uh, you know, his beloved wife chimed in. Can you tell he's had vocal uh, vocal training <laughs> since the last album? Which is a, a fair, not not even criticism, fair observation. Because you yes. know, I've always said to you very honestly and openly, it's like I feel you are one of the strongest performers of being able to pick up any instrument and just play it as though you've touched that instrument since you were a child. And it annoys me at times, but you you, well, you can do that. Whereas I've felt less inclined to praise your vocal skills is the only way I can I can oh, say that. Thank you. But no, with this album there is a difference. There, you know, you have have matured in, in vocally at least. I've matured. Well, I don't know that mentally or you know, emotionally. <laughs> well, the composing, the songwriting, the guitar playing—that was all kind of self-taught, and so was the singing up until a point, and. Yeah, I, I, I'm aware that that was my, other than my final mixing and mastering skills, which still need some, some work, I, the vocals. Well, but again, you know, I remember your first couple of albums when your mastering had to include dumping it onto an audio cassette and then dumping it back. Well, <laughs> um, for that album, Hand Gestures and Sarcasm, I, I remember doing that kind of just to see if it would help. <laughs> <laughs> Just the the process of, get, of dumping it to analog and right. back, seeing if that kind of gave it a quality that I couldn't have achieved otherwise, and uh, that's so that's just what I did. It wasn't because I had to, um, and I think it worked though. But yeah, I think it did too. I you know I I've, I forget if I've said it on the podcast yet, but I'm I'm my old school audio production skills are such that I graduated with a degree in broadcast communications. Mm -hmm six months before the digital revolution came. <laughs> so, yes, I can splice magnetic tape, you know, with a razor blade. I know exactly how to do it. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, literally, we were just getting in the first DAW, the first digital audio workstation, my senior, the, the like last semester, semester of my <laughs> senior year, and we weren't, as students, allowed to touch it. We were simply allowed to gaze in awe at the DAW. <laughs> no one knew how to use it yet. <laughs> So everything was analog in those days, and I said, you know, I know how to, you know, thread 
what a 16 track tape i know how to mm -hmm. do all of these skills that are completely and totally useless literally well, six months after i graduated <laughs> well a lot of it, it isn't completely useless the, well no the as long as if john mellencamp wants to hire me yeah. i think he's about the only guy professionally still making albums using the old audio gear but well when i was um when i was in college i had a, a recording engineering class and that was 97 98 and yeah we learned we we our projects were like we were mixing on a, on an analog board and we i've i've spliced magnetic tape and we kind of learned the how that works and how the results from that to me, yeah. To me, learning the linear process right. helped me. Yes. When, you know, now that I do work digitally, whether it's editing the podcast or doing other things, to me, knowing what it was like. Yeah. That's and I also have a huge appreciation of musicians and artists who only had that. You know, when right, you look right. at all the different layers Pink Floyd put into an album, uh -huh. when all they had was a razor blade and tape. <laughs> yeah, and then you could still create what you created. Yeah, uh -huh. that to me, you know, you get an appreciation for it. But yeah, just the transition to yeah. digital. My earliest stuff was, um, I, I had like two two deck cassette tapes, kind of decks. And, mm -hmm. and so the maximum I could do was like four tracks makeshift. And that was before I even got my first Tascam cassette four track. Right. So yeah, learning how the signal chains work and all that from the most rudimentary crappiest gear possible that gives you a sense of what you're actually doing when you get the fancy new stuff I mean, it's amazing what computers can do now yes. all that routing and stuff and yeah that saves me the trouble of well, doing not, the stuff not even i already computers, learned but phones ipads you know yeah. anything can now theoretically become a recording studio at this point yeah. i'm surprised that you know the glass of water over here doesn't have some sort of recording <laughs> device it has wi-fi yeah. <laughs> it beeps when it's low on water but, oh, oh thank you gopher don't, don't. <laughs> somebody just got flipped a bird and for once it wasn't me <laughs> eh. no we, we i keyed i keyed, <laughs> you keyed, you keyed. all right so in addition to <laughs> a new song I, I suggested, hinted, again, pride, forced, brought you a beer in exchange <laughs> for an old song. An old song. An old song. Now, oh, there's two reasons, well, there's three reasons, two that I'm willing to admit to as to why I want this song. One of them is, it's one of the songs where your recording of it originally was, and I'm being kind here, crap. You know, oh. that first, it's a great it was... song in my opinion for many reasons. Horrible recording, so I'm going to get a better recording of it today. <laughs> okay, so that's, well, if you want, I could have. No, yeah, th this particular song, its first recorded incarnation was on that Tascam 4 track. Yeah. Um, I, I laid down everything I did. It had an electric guitar doing some lead stuff, totally. and and I, I was learning the equipment as well as how to do And yet, thing. despite the recording quality, it's still <laughs> one of my favorite songs. The other one, of course, there's an emotional connection to it with, with yeah, but that's just all my own head and the third reason we ain't ever going to talk about it ever on okay. a microphone anyway. When we go off mic, maybe, but not, not on a microphone. What's this, this one called? This one is called This Song, parentheses, is not about Julie. That's right. <laughs> play this for anybody in how many years? 15 years? I would guess probably 15. This is a 15 year old song.
don't know why I do I sense a glint in your eye That makes me think my life is a lie You're supposed to be with me The truth be held in your touch Honesty serving a crutch Desperate aim for support You know you're my first and final resort When he's in your eyes He finds he mustn't overstay He roams where the heart is Cause home's so far away A cold shoulder that I forgot You spoke with a nod and a glance That made me think I had enough of a chance You're supposed to be with me A flirt is a dangerous thing The lacks of intentions sting Point and show me the door But it's your distance That makes me want you more Can you say you've never loved me before? Courting you would be dangerous sport But without you I thirst in creative droughts Evidently you ruled your own court Inflicting upon me your reasonable doubts When he's in your eyes he finds he mustn't overstay He roams where the heart is Cause home's so far away Though he hasn't much to stay Do you know what will make you stay? When uh, we would have our, right. let's call them marathon drinking sessions. In our in our earlier days. In our earlier days. Well, again, it's called the Get Off My Lawn podcast. So back in our day, <laughs> back in our we day. used to drink, drink some more, and keep on drinking. And whatever. it's like eventually you would you know, whip out the guitar, and but it was a standard. Yeah. Yes, but you you would also. Now I always said both you and my nephew Brad had one thing in common because Brad kind of taught himself to play the guitar as well. Uh-huh. But you guys would play like a couple of licks, then stop and take a drink. <laughs> that that's the way I operate. Yeah. Right? <laughs> that was what it was. I'm like, uh, there would be days I'd be like, let's finish the song. Come on, we can finish the song. Well, no, I only learned the good parts of right, the songs. Exactly. Once you know the riff, that's enough to be flashy and impress people. And it's like, give me a beer. That's... Yep, and that was that was yeah that that was our our drinking past. Yeah. I was the audience, and you were the player. Mm-hmm. There'd be other people usually right. floating around or. But to this day, that 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 uh, habit is, is is backed up on me because it's like 
Audrey would love to hear me sing and play my, my stuff, or, or anything, anything from beginning to end, please, she says. And it's, it's, I've never built a repertoire. I have a few, like five standards I could probably fudge my yeah, way through. There, there's the Brian and Rich repertoire. There's the there, five oh, or six songs yeah. that you and, and our co-friend co Rich will play when, when you are at your drunkenness. Is drunkenness a word? Well, most drunk? Drunkenness. <laughs> well, our, our most drunkenness. Yes. Well, yeah. The, the the songs you play every week when you're drunk. Oh, those are the ones I'm good at. Yep. So you're gonna keep hearing them. <laughs> <laughs> now, what is the name of the new album for everybody? That's the new getting... album is by popular demand. B U Y. It's, it's a kind of a pun kind thing. Played on words. Um, the concept of the whole album. When I, the, the album didn't start having the name. The album just started with maybe four songs that were already written that it's like, okay, this might be on the next album. And when I started to notice a theme amongst them, that's usually when you start to go, oh, hey, there's an album here. Um, those were kind of criticisms of mainstream culture and all that kind of stuff. And a couple of the songs had specific kind of ideas. And so... I, I, I don't know where By Popular Demand came from as a title. It happened eight years ago. So, but, but, so probably alcohol was involved. Not necessarily. <laughs> I mean, I'd probably remember if it were closer, but it just, this, this album is so, is different from the other ones because it's written by two different me's. The, like, half of it was written eight years ago, and the other half is, is current Brian trying to collaborate with eight years ago Brian <laughs> trying to go okay well what what did you have in mind there it's like oh I kind of remember but I still have to rewrite parts or, or develop things that I hadn't thought through enough then so it's really me collaborating with a bunch of stuff that I wrote so long ago that I don't really remember exactly what inspired every step of it so, I'm told schizophrenia is healthy in a recording session it, it can help, and and if sorry, dissociative identity disorder. We gotta stick with the modern vernacular. Yes, it's a dissociative by. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm disassociated with my eight years ago self through the that. God, I hope we all are the culprit of linearity of time. So, yeah, you remember so, me eight years ago? I wouldn't want to associate with him. Uh, the eight years ago, Kevin, I lived with. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Which again explains your drinking. Full circle. It it's all comes together. The, the best writing all, all has a tie-in like That's that. That's it. It's, well, I, I thank you for allowing me to burst into your home. And you knocked politely. Well, I know. <laughs> but, you know, I, I thank Audrey for vacuuming up cat hair and whatever else she did to participate. Which Just the vacuuming up the cat hair. If you're allergic to cats, that's a kind gesture on, on people's parts. And I thank you for... Practicing and learning, relearning two songs. It, it was yes. Thank you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Uh, <laughs> Back in my no. college radio days, I used to have a co-host who shall remain James. <laughs> and James, and he admits this freely. When I would ask him questions or whatever else, he was my radio sidekick. He would nod, which didn't work on the radio. Yeah. Well, I realized earlier on, when you're saying things, on i, I got to say more than just nod. Yeah, I gotta you you have to actually chime in. You did a, now, again, for it, those people who do not know Brian personally, speak 
speaking to groups, speaking in gatherings isn't exactly your first uh, love. It's <laughs> it's not something I gravitate toward. No. Like I said, I'm not a performer. But I mean, no, but I, it, we, I, we've heard your voice for years. Anybody that went to the Irvine Spectrum for a good decade or so heard your voice there. Yes, the Irvine Spectrum uh, mainstream theater large format film auditorium. <laughs> To avoid using name brands, right? Um, I, I did do the voiceover announcements for a good several years there. And in so. addition to my podcast, you have the theme song to what at least one other show I'm aware of. Um, yeah, I, I did the theme song for the GameSack YouTube channel. Um, they review video games, and that was back in 2011, I think. Uh, Joe, the head guy of that, um, he contacted me because I've known him on forums for a long time. He was like, you write, you want to do something for our thing? I'm like, okay. So I just threw something out there and it's been the the theme song since then and they're getting a good response from it. It's like, oh yeah, that's so iconic to the show. So I'm like, oh, I could do podcast theme songs or, or YouTube theme songs. And so yeah, I got a couple other people asking me, hey, can you do my YouTube channel theme song? And so I did this other guy's, uh, Blade Blur X is his name, and he also reviews video games. So I'm, I'm a niche artist, a niche. <laughs> a niche, niche. artist. A Nietzschean artist? Yes. There's something philosophical about that, probably. Probably. We'll have to have Rich here to, to that's, put that's out That's true, it. that's true. Where can people find your, your music, your... My, oh, you can go to my website, and uh, the beloved Craig says the website at the end of every single podcast. Um, yes. It's worldbry.com, W-O-R-L-D dot... Uh, no, no, no dot. There's no dot yet. W-O-R-L-D, B-R-I dot com. This is why com. Craig's a professional yeah, and not. Yeah, he's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't a professional when I voiced the, the, the IMAX movies. <laughs> On, online, I, I decided to go with Brimaxian. Brimaxian. That's a simple enough word that you could probably sound out and get right. Yeah, that's your Twitter... That's my Twitter handle, that's my YouTube handle, that that's where I anywhere I can use it as a as my alias, that's that's where I use it. Um, and that's kind of my when I when I write the, 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 the YouTube theme songs and stuff, that's the name I go by. Um, instrumental stuff I'll go by that. But this album I use under my full name. So by Maxine is your Yanni. It's it's yeah. <laughs> It's it's my fake pseudonym that I completely attribute to myself. Perfect. So, well, that's where <laughs> that's where you can find him, folks. And as I said, I promised you all that you would get to hear him speak and play. He has now spoken and he has played. I've spoken and I've played. And let's see if I genuinely don't know. Let's see if someone will go based on this and buy an album or a track. They, might, or, it, it, uh, they don't have to buy it. They can listen to most of my discography for free on Bandcamp. The links are from on my webpage. You can go there and just listen to it all. If uh, if you like my lyric styles or my mixing uh, abilities or my kitty, guitar, kitty, kitty. yes, there's a cat around. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to be eloquent, framing my my sign off. Hi, cat. That's Midna. She's the calico. She's the curious, bold, beastie one, but she loves her daddy. She's the one that would be very, very nice to me, and then all of a sudden just claw me for no reason. No. Yes, she would be the one, except that she's never clawed anyone, so... <laughs> it would be me. <laughs> I'm not going to guarantee or not guarantee anything. <laughs> hey, I've the cat's head. I have been a good little visitor to the House of Kitties. 
And oh. see, I didn't say how to go for her because I don't want to be flipped off. So I'll leave that to... She, she went for my beer. She did. She refilled my water. And I think we're going out on that. So, so hey. thank you, Audrey. Thank you, Katz. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Thank you, Santa Ana. And <laughs> thank you. And thank you. Now time for you to drink. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>
obviously with such a large gap from the last movie and having to, you know, really expand this universe in a different way now, there had to be something big. I think they did that really well. That scene, uh, when that happened, it was shocking like it needed to be, but it was well done. And you can see, hopefully, some of the future complexities and internal turmoil of the Kylo Ren character. Of so, Ben. Yeah. I'm just going to call him Ben, because yeah. every time I hear Kylo Ren, I think of Rilo Kylie. That's been floating around Twitter, too, as the group. <laughs> uh, the, the names were typical Star Warsian goofy. True. At times. Against Snoke, really? That's our big bad? Yeah. Yes. For, for this trilogy is Snoke. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I, I also thought the movie was awesome. Um, as, as you say, I, I went into it as, as a fanboy anyway. I went into it, you know, appreciating episodes four, five, and six, certainly more than one, two, and three, but also understanding the place of one, two, and three in, you know, in, in the mythology, as it were, in the, in the series. For sure. I think episode seven didn't, you know, if, if one, two, and three didn't exist... Episode 7 would have been entirely the same. There was really nothing about the first three episodes reflected in Episode 7. That's true. You know, there just wasn't. There was nothing that called to anything of that. There were, of course, all the joking fears that Jar Jar was going to emerge yeah. in this episode. <laughs> you As had to the look Sith for Lord. Yeah, yeah. That's my favorite theory. It was interesting that there were none of the themes from the... None of the uh, score theme uh, themes... From the first three movies. Yeah, no movie. Duel of the Fates. Nothing. No, none, yeah, none Which of is one of my favorite pieces of oh, the yeah. entire franchise. Yeah. And yeah, John Williams did again knock it out of the park. I will I will definitely agree with you on that one. Um, I wanted to sit there and think of things that are that are bad to say about the film, just so we you know we don't seem like we're overly gushing fanboys. The two characters I thought could have been better, well, at the very least, that they didn't need to be CGI. Those are my two characters that I have the most problem with was Maz didn't need to be a CGI character. Sure. And the actress who plays her is really good. Like, I've seen her interviewed. She's really talented. She was in, what, 12 Years a Slave. Mm. Uh, she does, you know, she is a dramatic actress. They could have put her in makeup. They could have done something. It didn't need to be a CG character. That's true. And then... She looked very uh, Padres-ready yes, with the, with the with goggles and whatever. Yeah. And it was a cute little character, and I get that sure. she was sort of a Yoda-ish, you know, yes. not really... A sage. Yeah, she was, she was yeah, an oracle of sorts to go back into the mythology of things. And the other one is, again, you know, Snood, as I like to call him, or, you know, Snoke, <laughs> where he, he doesn't, you know... Is, is he going to be fighting somebody in a couple of movies? And if so, because he looks like a very cartoonish... CGI character. I mean, there's nothing about him that has any texture or substance. That was true. My, you know, I realized he was just in holographic form in this movie and whatever else. But you can, you know, it it didn't need to be a CGI character. They could have put an actor in that role. Very true. And it just felt like, well, we have to do CGI because we've done CGI and that's what we do. But let's like JJ made a point in this film of doing so many practical sets. You know, and practical characters and practical whatever that when they weren't, it was glaringly obvious, and that to me was a was a drawback of it. Yeah, I could I could definitely agree with you there. I'm trying to figure out if his holographic <clears throat> self is actual size. I don't know if that's the case either, yeah. or if he's how big is that guy's lightsaber? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> seems a bit unfair. 
<laughs> he's hitting me with a 50 foot lights- yeah. lightsaber. <laughs> I can't get what close do I do? to the guy. <laughs> what do, I, do I throw my lightsaber at him? Yep. Now, the lightsaber sequences, we can talk about that because they were certainly different than in the other films. They seemed a lot more, and intentionally so, obviously, these characters, for the most part, weren't skilled Jedi. They were just people holding a lightsaber who happened to be fighting. And so there was almost more desperation in their blows, for lack of a better term, and their swipes and, you know, whatever else, at least to me, which I liked. I liked it was a much more raw fight sequence with the lightsabers. Yes, uh, the the Finn sequences were great. Yeah, uh, it was interesting. Uh, one of the folks that I saw the movie with uh, this afternoon was asking. I thought that only Jedi's could use lightsabers, and it's my understanding that it was really only based on the fact that whether or not the lightsaber had a switch that was that you could activate on the outside yeah, versus one on the inside. Yeah, I know there were reasons well, behind it all, but yeah, the blue lightsaber has a switch, so right. It's just mechanics at that point. Didn't the blue lightsaber get lost in Empire? Was I wrong in, in my remembering of that? Was well, it went with his hand. Right. So how did they get it back? It did fall down to the bottom. I don't recall. That's actually a nice little plot point. That, that was should, my one. I don't recall. I don't want to be Mr. You know, story, Star Wars, the whole things. I guess, you know, because Maz said, oh, you don't want to know how I found this or got this. Oh, or yeah. Whatever else. So That's right. Maybe so it was that'll somewhere. get explained yeah, somehow. Maybe it was somewhere in there. But yeah, <laughs> somebody had a theory that underneath that, in that box, was Luke's hand. Oh. <laughs> Like, had she looked underneath a little bit more, she would have been really, really like creeped the, out. Adam's family? Yeah. <laughs> hey, hold on to this, will you, Thing? Well played, Thing. Yep. I thought the actress who plays Ray, I gotta look up her name because I don't have everybody's names memorized. Daisy Ridley. I thought she's, we're, we're gonna see a lot from her. Really, really good. In future years. Because, yes. yeah, she pulled off an unpull-offable role. You know, she's gotta become a brand new hero in something that a lot of us geeks geek out on. Well. And do it convincingly. The scene where she, where we first learn that she is uh, Force-capable uh, when she's in the interrogation. Yes, that was. Yep. Because they just kept the camera on her face. Yeah, and you could see and her you could eyes see, Yes, change. her eyebrows. Yep. Her, she like, went from innocence and fear to confidence. Like, and, yes. Yeah. I see that you fear you're not as good as your father. As, as your grandfather. Or grandfather, yes. excuse me. Yes, very, very impressive. Yep. You could, she communicated a ton without saying a word. Yep. Now, the opposite end of that coin... I wasn't overly impressed with the acting abilities of Adam, Adam Driver, Kylo Ren. But to me, he falls along the lines of like the Hayden Christensen's. Well, he, in that he, he has needs to be kind of, of a brat. Yeah, he had to be that He's bratty, that young brat. overacty type of thing, which, yeah. you know, yeah, I didn't really like Hayden Christensen as Anakin Skywalker either, but he had to play that sort of obnoxious role he did and so that i don't fault the actor for that i fault that that's what that character had to be well it's the dark side one could argue is just playing into everybody's bad personality traits so that kind of gets (laughs) amplified yeah basically you take a teenager and give him a lightsaber say go do whatever you feel you should do yep hey you took my Xbox away. I'm going to kill you now. Slice off your face. Yeah. Whatever else. Yeah. That's. Yeah. It, but the character itself, I thought it was, it was interesting having. 
I was never a big fan of any of the Star Wars novels. Like, I read a couple of the ones that came about that were, until these movies came out, they were officially canon, and then they've since been pulled out of official canon and changed a bit. And so it's like, in in the now expanded universe, I think is what it's called in the novels, Han and Leia did have, they had twins. And one of them went on to fall to the dark side. And so it was like, okay, well, it's sort of, it sort of fell in with what the books had done, but mm-hmm. it was also just different enough. I said to me, the books were much more like episodes one, two, and three, much more about the sitting down and having bureaucracy and, you know, talks about the Galactic Senate and this. <laughs> right. <laughs> Didn't need that. And again, this film did what episodes one, two, and three failed to do, which was sort of relight that fire. You know, episodes one, two, and three to me were like, hey, cool, more Star Wars. But it didn't advance the story, obviously, because they were prequels. Right. And it didn't really, you know, make give you that sort of, ooh, wonder what's coming. Wonder what's, you know, this makes me excited for what's going to happen next. And now this one, at least, we only have to wait, what, a year and a half. Correct. And actually, we get Rogue One before that. next December. Yeah. So that's going to be very interesting. I do want to address one thing, and I kind of agree with people now, as people have, have been giving reviews and opinions. Yeah. The similarities between episode four and this one are, you know, there's a lot. There were parallels. And Intentional, I think. Sure. Um, yeah. But the bigger planet killer right. type of thing, um, I don't know. It had to have, they had to have that ominous thing, right? right. Um, and, you know, we'll see how the story plays out the next time the bad guys reassemble, whatever. <laughs> they build uh, another planet killer. I, you know, I don't know. Sorry, we'll star see. killer to keep with the official right, star killer vernacular. Yes. So, I don't know that one. I, you know, I can I can understand how people were slightly frustrated on that one. The the one criticism I heard from people is, you know, that the big space pilot fighter vanishes for an hour in the movie. True. You know, and then kind of comes back, and so like when it's his turn to take out the the star killer, it was like. Who's this guy again? Oh, right, he's that guy again. Okay, that's, well, you know, kind of forgot about him. Yeah. And then he kind of pops up again. And again, I understand that, but as a as a narrative, it was clunky. A little bit. To me. You he know? just kind of disappears yep. during the crash landing. Yep. And then he resurfaces. Whatever. And then, okay, that's fine. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. But I thought the actor that played him did a really good oh, job. Oh, great, great. I like him a lot. Yeah, and it's our first, I think, Hispanic or Latino casting in, in a Star Wars film. Okay. That, you know, so, you know, we've, we're, we're crossing. We got the, the lead, leading lady that is basically her own power, as it were. <laughs> and she's awesome. Yeah. Again. Yep. We do have, uh, well, I would say African-American, but he's British. So, Correct. you know, a, a black actor in the, in the role of Poe, or Finn, rather. Yep. And he... He kicks it. Oh, yeah. He just does a great job. Really good. Really good. You feel, you know, again, when you're in a stormtrooper suit, how do you show emotion? He was able to do that pretty much as soon as he, you know, walked out. Yeah. And is holding his blaster. You can tell, hey, that stormtrooper is not thinking like the other stormtroopers. Yep. Yep. Agreed. And he was able to convey that body language, you know, and just as he turns. Mm -hmm. And again, though, if you want to talk about how you show emotion without having emotion, let's give it up to BB-8. Oh I yeah, think it 
yep. was a compelling character in totally and of charming. itself. <laughs> totally charming. Great, great little character. <laughs> just some of the banter it managed to have, despite it being nothing but, again, a series of beeps and whirs. My favorite part is when uh, Finn is trying to convince him to... To lie. To, to tell... To tell where yep, the, to the, base the, of the base is. And he's looking back and forth yes. between Ray and yes. Finn. <laughs> he's like, what do I do here? Then, of course, the thumbs up. Yeah, the lighter. Thing that, was at the awesome. end. that was That was clever. It's And again, as I understand it, that was a mostly practical, real, non-CG character. They did a little bit of enhancements to it, but it was on set so yeah. people could actually interact with it. That's impressive. Yeah, I thought it was it was a well done film. It was a great continuation, you know, from where it left off. There's obviously still more story to tell, which is what it was supposed to do. It was supposed to bring us back. You know, they set it in their, for lack of a better term, present day. You know, it didn't take place the next year after Jedi. It took place three decades after Jedi. And I'm dying for more. Yeah. I'm dying to see what comes off of the top of that mountaintop. Yep. And to see, you, you got to see more Jedi. There has to be more good guys. There has to be more bad guys. I've looked to, you know, again, I won't spoil whatever has been spoiled. I know what Benicio Del Toro has been cast as the new bad guy for the next film. And he's a pretty good bad guy. So we'll see how he, where he files into the, the pantheon. If he's above Ben Solo, if he's, or I don't know if he's Ben Organa. I don't know what, what they they called her General Solo or General Organa. Mm-hmm. They didn't. They, so I don't know if they got married and then divorced, or if they they lived in forceful sin for a Who while. Knows? Um, <laughs> Who knows? It's a different. It's a you know a different galaxy. So it who is. knows if the uh, the traditions are the same? You know, in 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 Lucas Land, every character that appears on screen has a whole history. Sure. You know, they've got. First of all, he has to assign them a goofy name. <laughs> and then he, Admiral you know, Akbar, yeah, Ag- Admiral Akbar, who was there, and then uh, Lando's buddy was there, but Lando wasn't, right? Uh, Num Nimnub or Nim- oh, I don't know, I forget what I his, don't name was, his name was, but he was the one. He was the one whose face was pretty much all lips. Yes, you know, <laughs> he, he was <laughs> different there. layers of lips. Yes, <laughs> yep. But again, all of them, you know, in Lucasland have full backstories, so you know that they existed and did a thing. But you may not find out, you know, ever if at all. Yeah, we'll but see. We'll see what happens. I thought that uh, Han Solo did what Han Solo needed to do in that film, which yes. was welcome in the new characters. Yes. You know, when 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 Han decided he liked the characters, the viewers could then go, okay, you That's know, true. we can go ahead and accept these these new people. Mm-hmm. And he had his are. he had his comic relief moments. Uh, yeah, you he know. had some great one liners. As for he sure. always does. For sure. <laughs> Nothing will ever beat the laugh it up fuzzball. Laugh it up fuzzball. <laughs> or calling a woman your worshipfulness. You know, <laughs> yes. that's, I've, I've not done that ever, really. As <laughs> Take far it as easy, your knows. worship. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he had a couple of good lines. You know, his interactions with Finn were certainly good, calling him big deal and. Yes, you know, those were good. Else. Those were good. <laughs> and I did like the, the. I don't even know why that role was in there except for cheap comic relief, the doctor treating Chewie. Oh, yeah. You know, just humoring him. Oh, you were so brave. That <laughs> must have been so <laughs> scary. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good little little moment there. Yep. Millennium Falcon did well. That thing is tough. 
Let's just say. <laughs> I hope that my, that my van is as good 100 years from now. Man, they really <laughs> they really put that thing through its paces in it this movie. Bounce through the desert, bounce <laughs> through the snow, bounce through space. Yes. And still managed to make its way to, you know, the foothills of Ireland or wherever, <laughs> whatever the official planet is. Pretty sure that was Ireland where they shot that. But, yeah, for you know, sure. It managed to make its way even there, too. You would have thought that for that trip, they could have found a different ship. Yeah. You know, hey, battle's over. Let's give you one of the hey, good it's, ships. it's the fastest one. Uh, I know. It does the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs. That's which right. Which is, yeah, all of the pedantic people don't like that phrase still. I love that they put it in that movie so that all the pedantic people go, a parsec isn't that. You can't, you can't do that. I love, I love, I lo because I could picture it in my head, people's brains just exploding as they heard the parsec line one more time. Yeah. It made me, made me smile. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I walked out of that film grateful to have seen it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was. Agreed. It was one worth waiting for, you know, things, obviously we're in an era where because of social media, everything can get overhyped. You know, a Kardashian baby can get overhyped, you know, just whatever it is, you're going to hear about it and hear about it and hear about it. I'm just shaking my head. <laughs> that That's doesn't that work reference. in audio format. <laughs> I am, this is the sound of me shaking my head. In stereo. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that's, Star Wars, obviously, the, you know, every TV show, you know, news outlet, I was sitting with my brother at Christmas. On Christmas Day, of course, he's watching ESPN because that's what my brother watches. What comes on ESPN? A Star Wars special about <laughs> lightsabers and their relationship to martial arts, narrated by none other than Mark Hamill, who had more speaking parts in that, you know, ESPN special than he did in the film. That's true. But it was like, you know, even ESPN, even the sports network is going, how can we capitalize on Star Wars? And here we are in this podcast trying to capitalize <laughs> on it, too. But that's sort of, you know, with all of that hype, it's a movie that does what the impossible. It lives up to the hype. You know, it was worth seeing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you can't, um, you cannot knock. Wow. Looking, I'm just looking at it now. The first week's uh, box office totals. Oh, yeah. The new record for that. One week <laughs> is $391 million domestically, 813 worldwide. Three quarters of a billion dollars made in a week. Makes that $4 billion rights purchase not seem such a bad idea anymore huh way to go disney yeah, kids. Yeah. hey yeah. and Seeing you know what those... disney thank you for delivering yep Seeing you could have made it you could have made those oranges in the grocery yeah. store you yeah. get a little worried yeah yes that was a thing in case it, you missed it was it. <laughs> it was a thing for sure but you know anyway thank you disney for uh making sure that they had all the resources they needed to make a killer movie. Yep, and we can look forward to Star Wars Land and Disneyland coming up. Yes. Though I will miss, they announced this this weekend, everything that's closing as a result of Star Wars Land. I will miss the petting zoo. There's a petting zoo? You didn't know there was a petting zoo in Disneyland? No. Yeah, for years it had Mickey Moo. It had a, a cow. Oh, over by with, Big Thunder Mountain? Big Thunder Mountain. Ah, yes. And then they had that's a barbecue right. place. That's the barbecue right. place is closing. That'll that's be where right. the entrance is, apparently, and they bought acreage out behind it gotcha where they're going to expand so yeah as of january those will be no more so get your big thunder barbecue this week because next week nope so say goodbye to the chevron cars and autopia because they closed down and will come back as honda cars when will, they when they reopen their sponsorship will they have ended. better catalytic converters 
because the last time I went on that, <laughs> there's, there's a little ozone I, issue. I felt like perhaps, <laughs> just perhaps, a few of my brain cells departed. Look, here's the thing. They basically took lawnmowers, <laughs> yes. you know, and allowed people to sit on them. Yes. And some of us, not naming names, you and I, we're a little bigger than <laughs> most lawnmowers <laughs> should be, you know, taken on. Okay. And so, yeah, some more, some more that's CO2 not the one emissions. I'm, that's not the one I'm smelling. Chugging. The one I'm smelling is the one in front of me. <laughs> yeah, but you don't know who was in it before <laughs> the mother and child, the petite mom and her toddler child. I don't think it's a load issue. It's, I think it's well, I, whatever the frame is that's on top of those. Uh, but yeah, but again, I, I haven't been since they've got Star Wars Land kind of in the making already. Tomorrowland, they've got in uh, what was Interventions, the Carousel of Progress. Now right. has all the Star Wars stuff, the Space Mountain. My my favorite ride has been Star Wars Up. Yes, so that's I'm, true. I'm, the one thing I hope doesn't happen, and this is germane really only to me and a small percentage of the population who only has one working eye and can't see in 3D. I like that they redid Star Tours a couple of years ago, but I can't see it anymore. Mm. It's like I can listen to it, and you know, C3PO is a practical, real thing, so that's fine, but. I can't see in 3D, and Star Tours is in 3D now. I'm hoping the new rides are not in 3D. <laughs> mm. So you just see it as the separated image? I see it as, hard, yeah, it is very fuzzy. blurry, like uh, one side's a little purplish. Oh, that's a bummer. And the other's just blurry, and yeah, that's, it's, it's better than the old red and blue 3D, you know? Then I, sure. then I could pretty much only, I could see things in blue, okay, or move right. the glasses and see things in red. Those are my two options with the well, old red and blue you, 3D image. Are you a Jedi, or are you a Sith? <laughs> Take your pick. <laughs> yep. When are we going to get real lightsabers? No kidding. You know, this is something, it's been 40 years now. This is something you would think that science could work. You know, they failed with the hoverboard. Wow. You know, they had the thing for Back to the Future where they, you know, the hoverboards that they made, A, they don't hover. There's wheels. If a thing is well, on true. wheels, by definition, it's it not, not hovering. hovering. And B, it's they just, catch fire. <laughs> it's just a rock cart. <laughs> yes. But they, so we failed with the hoverboard, and that was something that the you Alexis know, made their big deal. Oh, we got a hoverboard. Woo, everybody got a hoverboard. That was supposed to be the big gift. And then Amazon had to stop selling it because it kept catching fire even before it left the warehouse, apparently. Well, yeah. <laughs> That whole lithium battery situation yeah. is a real problem. But I'm thinking, you know, it's been 40, well, whatever, 38 years. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's get us some lightsabers. You know, we can't have a flying car, apparently. We're not allowed to have that. You know, not, man isn't going to make it to the moon in my lifetime. Can't we at least be able to stab people with light? That's the, you know. There you go. We got, we, Second Amendment right to lightsabers. <laughs> That really solves that issue on the airplane where the people in front of you recline too vigorously. Yep, that's it. Just shoot that thing right through. <laughs> Bam. No problem. Just reach around, hit that button, push it back forward. You're yep. all good. And that's all. It's just More fun. peanuts, please. More peanuts. Make it snappy. Yep. And now you got a view of the seat in front of you. you can see, <laughs> yes. You <know>. <laughs> it cauterizes the wound. Yes. It's it's humane. I think we need lightsaber. That, you know, this is, this is going to be my presidential platform. You'd win. Vote, vote Kevin 2020. You'd, hey, we sp- Lightsaber in every house. Speaking of that, we do have oh, yes, a campaign have. shirt in the room. Yep. Th- those of you that uh, look at the show on SoundCloud, I will post the picture of it. That'll be our official title picture for the for the episode. Yes. And let the Wookiee win. Vote early and often. Yes. And just remember, the force will be with... I don't, I don't know. 
Not us. <laughs> you will subscribe to the podcast. You will become a sponsor. <laughs> you will buy a book and go visit something and you know, donate a kidney to our friend and whatever else is needed. Come on, come on, use the force. Just go do nice things. Yes. That's you know, any New Year's wishes, by the way, while we're here. New Year's we're, wishes. We're putting well, this out just before the New Year. Any resolutions? Any? Oh, well, resolutions, yes. The normal one that everybody likes to do. Except I have a particular goal in mind. Yeah. We are traveling uh, abroad in March. And uh, I need to get my walking body going. There you go. Uh, to really enjoy that trip. So that's a part I of my be, resolution this year too. I will be hitting it hard. I have to, the gym uh, membership. I you know I've had it for eight nine months now, and I I use it, but again I use it more for the jacuzzi and the the pool. Though I get some exercise in the pool. Did you pay extra so you're allowed to bring the beer into the jacuzzi? Look, what I keep in the cup is my business <laughs> and not theirs. This is medicinal. Yes. <laughs> I'm to the point now where I can actually rate all of the LA fitness pools and jacuzzis and saunas <laughs> in the in the region. Like I know which one, like the, the one closest to us only has one good jet in the jacuzzi. So like if you don't get there, you know, there's usually some older guy that's sitting at the jet and he knows it and he ain't giving it up for nothing. And it's like, well, then it's kind of a waste. Then you're just basically taking a bath with an old man. <laughs> You know, and that's not fun for me. It might be fun for him. I don't know, but it's not pleasant for me. So then, you know, the, the other one that's a little bit farther down the street, uh, that one's a little bit better than kind of closer to your house. That one's got that one's got a nicer jacuzzi, but it doesn't have a steam room. So then you got to go to the other side, you know, way down the 15 to get the one with the steam room. See, and this is why working out is too much work. It really is. You know, this. but I was the guy in college. I used to run a mile every day, which everybody mocked me because I would get in my car and drive to the track. Okay. Look, it's, I only want to run here. Yeah, you have a problem with that? Right here, this little oval. I'm going to do my four laps. That does my mile. <laughs> and then I'm going to go home and I'm going to drink. <laughs> Woo! That was a rough day this morning. And occasionally, of course, as I get in the car after I've run, I want to go and, you know, stop off and get some junk food. <laughs> <laughs> so I've negated everything I've just done, but yeah, yeah it's all that was. I think we're about done now. So yeah, so happy New Year, everybody! And happy we got we got lots of good episodes coming up for you. We got lots of interesting interviews lined up for you in the next uh, the month of January here. So stay tuned for those. And Craig will be with me as often as Craig is able to be with me. But again, busy man, things to do, things to do, lots of stuff, lots going on, lots going on. The problem of having you know a decent job and a family and commitments and obligations yes. is that he can't waste his time with his one-eyed balding red-headed friend as often as you know as i would like that's it so when he's here we take full advantage of craig's presence so thank you again craig for joining us thank you everybody for listening happy new year and get off my lawn this has been the get off my lawn podcast brought to you by Kevin's Bookmobile. Check out www.lulu.com forward slash Marusik for a selection of books authored by your genial host. Buy a paperback or download an ebook and help support the podcast. That's www.lulu.com slash M-A-R-O-U-S-E-K. And by our tip jar. Like what you've been hearing on the show so far? Want to hear more? Then help us out by going to getoffmylawnpod.blogspot.com, clicking on the tip jar, and donating to the cause of creativity. No amount too large, no amount too small. That's getoffmylawnpod.blogspot.com. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at getoffmylawnpod. Check out our SoundCloud at getoffmylawnpodcast or subscribe to us on iTunes for the latest episodes. 
questions or comments, to suggest a guest, or to offer us fat wads of cash in exchange for promotional consideration, our email address is getoffmylawnpod at gmail.com. The theme was composed and performed by Brian Weideman. Check out his music at www.worldbride.com. That's W-O-R-L-D-B-R-I.com. The logo was designed by Julie Contreras at Urban Bird Design. Go to urbanbirddesign.com to learn more. Thanks for listening. Tell a friend.